0: sharp lessons everybody we're stadium's sports betting podcast he's the professor nate jacobson i'm ben wittenstein we got a lot of stuff midweek looking at the uh, saturday games some sunday games we uh we want to have some games to talk it out a little bit nate there's a lot going on i think we're seeing the board a little bit more clearly this week than we did last week so hopefully the uh, the best bet success reflects that by next monday
1: yeah, after a rough week with the best bets and the bets in general, really did a lot of research yesterday, and there was just a lot more college size that jumped out to me. And by this time last week, I really couldn't make a case for any, and now I like wrote down seven. So I think we're <laughs> going to touch every game, at least in some point, and maybe not an official bet, but then I'll have a best bet in the NFL at the end of the show on a game that I really like, and it's another situation like last week where if I waited till Friday, I think I wouldn't be getting the best number. So I want to give it out on Wednesday for everyone.
0: I like it. So we'll see how that goes. We're going to try another Wednesday best bet. I blame Kyle Shanahan for last week's best bet for the uh, 49ers plus 5.5 for you uh, and for me not hitting. Uh, that did uh, that did not go well for us. So I think our our second try is going to be more successful. But we do have um, some updates on line movements before we get to our short list. Before we get to talk it out and your best bets, Raiders Broncos, um, Nate. And I don't know if uh, the folks listening are aware. I'm sure they are about John Gruden and his resignation from the Oakland, or from the Las Vegas Raiders, I should say. That obviously has affected the line in that Broncos game. Um, so what what's kind of the update you've been seeing? Where has that line movement been going since he resigned?
1: Yeah, since this is a sports betting show, not really interested in talking about the details of his resignation, but I just want to mention that that line, when the Raiders-Broncos week six in Denver was sitting at minus three, we get the news that he told the team he was resigning. There was a quick re- reaction in the market to Broncos minus three and a half. Yesterday got up to four, and now it's back down to three and a half. So kind of tough to handicap this game. I thought that line was probably correct at minus three before all this Grunin news. And now you have to try to figure out how the Raiders are going to respond and how the Raiders' offense is going to look because John Gruden had such an influence in the offensive game planning. I know he left the defense up to his coordinator, Gus Bradley, who maybe got the most out of his unit for a couple weeks, but then they lost the last two games and were especially bad, I thought, against the Bears, at least offensively. They were bad against the Bears. On Sunday, Gruden's last game. So not really sure what to make of this game. If you can try to, like, think, handicap the, the human element of it, if the Raiders maybe quit on the team, I don't know about that. I think they might have, like, one or two good strong efforts, and then the season might get out of control for them. But I I, I really don't know what to do, but I just wanted to bring up that the line Hasn't moved maybe as much as some people would think. It got up to four, but now we're sitting back at Broncos three and a half hosting the uh, the embattled Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday.
0: Yeah, and maybe we'll see that line move a little bit more as more and more people start to like start their betting for the weekend too. And you know they'll look at the line and say, well, I don't like the Raiders because of John Gruden resignation, and so maybe we'll see even some more late money hit uh, hit the Broncos and that line move down. So we'll we'll come back to that on Friday if we have any good bets on that. But, Nate, let's do our uh, Sharp Lessons shortlist. Three college football games, three NFL games that we are looking at for this weekend. Let's start out with some three college football games. Oklahoma State, Texas, the 12th-ranked team in the country against the 25th-ranked team in the country. Texas, surprisingly, losing that uh, Red River showdown and moving into the top 25. So that's a little interesting development for the Longhorns. Texas laying five in this game. Um, the total's at 60 and a half. And I've been going back and forth. I, I, I can see it from both sides here, Nate. I can see Oklahoma State giving Texas a hard time. I mean, they're undefeated, 5 and 0. They haven't played the greatest of competition, but that defense looks pretty legit. 18 points a game. They've been giving up. Um, they, they've been really good, uh, against some of the run and, and passing offenses that they have seen, but, this Texas offense, Nate, is really good as we have seen against Oklahoma. And really, the problem in that Red River Showdown in the second half, they did not give the ball to Bijan Robinson as much as they did in the first half when they were successful on offense. So I don't know if Steve Sarkeesian is going to try to uh, change that and just give the ball to Bijan Robinson the entire game. Because if he does, I think they have a really good shot at winning. But I- I'm I have a deep feeling that this game might be close. And I know you like Texas in this one.
1: I do, and I actually didn't realize that they were unranked against Oklahoma, and now they are ranked after a loss, which I guess, uh, you know, I don't really pay attention to the AP polls. If it was in my opinion, Texas should have been ranked anyway in that game. I mean, if they were a three-point underdog to number six Oklahoma on a neutral field, then I think that Texas definitely is probably a top 15 team in the country, and they kind of lost a little bit of a fluky game where they were in control, and they took their foot off the gas, and, Kind of got away from their strength, which is running the ball with their uh, their star running back. Um, so I, I don't know. I think I think there's some line value here in Texas, and the fact that they did lose that game means the lines a little bit is less than a, a touchdown. They're at home. I like their offense, and I've been really actually looking to fade Oklahoma State for a long time. They're off a of bye week, but and you mentioned their defense is playing well. But if you look at the opponents, it was Missouri State, it was Tulsa. Uh, Kansas State with a backup quarterback, Boise State, and Baylor. Not necessarily the best office in the country. And they barely beat Missouri State and Tulsa. Uh, they just get by Boise State on a pretty lucky, a lot of fortunate things that bounced their way. And then they beat a Baylor team, who I also thought was overrated. So those were two teams I wanted to fade, and they ended up playing each other. So really want to fade Oklahoma State. I think we're getting a little bit of a buy-low spot here on Texas off a loss Now that the offense, under Casey Thompson's quarterback, has kind of found out what what to do and and give the best chance to win, as opposed to Hudson Card, who they lost to when he was starting against Arkansas. So Texas is definitely on the list of a potential best bet for Friday. Um, Anything six or better, definitely going to be some sort of bet on the Longhorns.
0: Yeah, I would say this is kind of the type of game, at least for me, because I've been going back and forth, I think I'm going to try to just bet the number. And if that, if that line gets to five and a half, maybe six, six and a half in favor of Texas, I think I might hit Oklahoma State at that point. But if it stays below that five and a half threshold for me, I think it's a Texas play. The total is a really interesting one for me too, because Mike Gundy was talking this week and he talked about he just, they need to slow down Texas and they want to slow down that offense. He, he specifically said he does not want to get into a shootout with Texas. And that total is fairly high at 60.5. I I just don't know if their defense is going to be able to stop a shootout. And we saw how good that Texas offense can be. And I know they're going to be without their wide receiver Jordan Whittington, who has played a pretty big role in that offense this season. But they have a pretty potent offense. And I just don't know if they're going to be able to stop That, that Oklahoma defense is going to be able to stop them, which means I'm probably leaning towards the over at 60 and a half. And this is the highest total. I was looking at this. This is the highest total Oklahoma state has had all season. Um, they have not gone over, I think it's like 58, 59 points total. So the total seems like the play to me here. And this could be another game where Texas just explodes on offense. Um, but again, that line moving five, five and a half, I'll probably hit Texas if it's, if it's under that or around there. I
1: think the fact that Mike Gundy said that shows that he doesn't really trust his defense, even if the numbers are good. And I'm sure that yeah. what he meant was that they're going to try to run the ball, keep Texas' offense off the field, keep his defense fresh. But I, I have a feeling, just the way they played this season, they're kind of a phony five and zero. Honestly, like the the te- if you look at the AP poll, like these teams should be ranked or reverse ranked. Like Texas should be number twelve and Oklahoma State <laughs> yeah. twenty five. And I think that indicates that with Texas being a favorite. And because they lost last week and already have a second loss, I like them this week. And another thing with Texas, they only have one conference loss. They win out. They'll have another chance to play Oklahoma at the end of the year, and I'm sure that's the new goal for them
0: uh, set by Steve Sarkeesian. All right, moving on, Nate. We have a new number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs, and they play Kentucky at home between the hedges, 11th-ranked Kentucky, 6-0 and mm. Kentucky. Um, Georgia laying 21 and a half in that game, 44 and a half is the total. And that is something I know caught your eye to start this week with the total being 44 and a half and Georgia being over a 20 point favorite. And we all know how good that Georgia defense is. Um, I I obviously don't see Georgia losing this game, but do you have any reason to believe Kentucky may cover that 21 and a half? That line has been moving down just a little bit throughout the week.
1: Right. I was up bright and early Wednesday morning and I, I happened to be there when the, I saw the line move from 23 to, to plus 21 and a half. So <laughs> a momentous mon- moment money on Kentucky, I guess, even though it's uh, not through the, the key number of 22 because uh, that doesn't exist in college football. But, yeah, I mean, I guess Kentucky gets keep it close. I think that the spread in total says everything you need to know about how good Georgia's defense is. Kentucky's yeah. team total is 11 and a half. Georgia's given up. 33 points in six games. Gave up 10 points at Auburn. Um, last game had back to back shutouts against Vanderbilt and Arkansas. So Kentucky now on the road after two big home wins against Florida and LSU. Kentucky's yeah. offense not great. I know Will Levis was efficient last week, but he was pretty bad against Florida. This is a m- much better test against Georgia's defense, obviously, a defense just playing out of its mind. Just. Uh, I don't know. I I can't bet Georgia, honestly, at this number with such a low total, but I don't think I can get behind Kentucky. We saw a lot of money come in on Arkansas two weeks ago in a game that also had a low total and a high spread, and Georgia won, I believe it was 38 to nothing. It was a shutout, and they covered, but they didn't go over the full game total. So I could see another situation where Georgia wins like 35 to – Seven or something and they cover the game even though the Kentucky, the math says Kentucky might be the right side in a game with a low total.
0: I might have to go back to that, um, Georgia opponent team total underwell that we went to two weeks ago that totals at 11 and a half for Kentucky on a team total. And that's just seemingly the play. Georgia's gives up, I think, five points a game at home this season on average. It's just it's hard to stay away from that where you just know their defense is going to bring it every single day and every single game that they're going to play their opponents. If they score two touchdowns like that is insane since the team has given up two touchdowns all season long. So I, I that might be a play for me is that Kentucky team total under 11 and a half. Um, And I, I do lean Georgia. Uh, I, I do like that Georgia. If it gets even if it gets a 20 and a half, I don't know if it will. But if it gets a 20 and a half, I think I might have to hit Georgia by three touchdowns in this game. Um, Ole Miss, Tennessee, our third college football game on the Sharp Lessons shortlist. Ole Miss ranked 13th, Tennessee unranked. Both these teams high-scoring, that total is at 81 points. Ole Miss laying three in this game. Are we, We're going to see a shootout. It's just how many points are we going to see in a shootout to get over uh, 81, if that's even possible.
1: Yeah, so on Sunday afternoon, Sunday morning Vegas time, the Circa – Uh, Sportsbook in Las Vegas opened this game 85 and a half. Immediately (laughs) money came in on the under very quickly, and then it was as low as 78 and a half. And now it's kind of gone up a little bit. 81 is what we're looking at right now. Between these two high-powered offense, Uh, seems like Tennessee's the side there here, though. If just looking at the early betting uh, on this game, as Ole Miss opened. Moore's in a field goal favorite Tennessee now uh a, f- a flat three or even juice three on on the volunteers so I think money's on Tennessee and, and Tennessee has been a much better team when Hendon Hooker has been their starting quarterback the Virginia Tech transfer a lot better than Joe Milton who we saw at the early portion of the season for the Vols and in some time when Hooker was hurt uh, at the end of that game against Florida So obviously points are going to happen in this game, and as you said, it's just how many are you willing to bet over 81, Uh, but it's going to be an entertaining game, especially with that Lane Kiffin dynamic of his return to Tennessee as a head coach. I know he's been there as an assistant with Alabama, but uh, this is going to be a fun game to watch, and I'm happy you put this on the list because outside the top two, the two games we just talked about, I wasn't really sure where to go. and. I think this is definitely a worthy one just because it's a, a fun game to watch, even if you don't have a bet on it.
0: Yeah, it's going to be fun. I lean all Miss as a side to take in this one as long as it stays at three by Friday or Saturday, depending on when I start betting this. But I kind of want to just bet the under on principle because it's just so high at 81, but also betting the over in a game where the total is 80 or above is just really fun to root for and really fun to watch if you have the over because there just will be a lot of scoring. So, as for now, I think the main lead I have is Ole Miss minus three. I think they're just, they're a better team than Tennessee. And if you're talking about it, any team in the country that can run with Tennessee's offense and just outscore an offense who's already really good at scoring, that's, that's Ole Miss to a T. So right now I lean Ole Miss. I might make that a, a best bet by Friday. Uh, NFL time. Let's look at some three NFL games. Packers at the Bears here in Chicago. Nate Packers minus four and a half. The total is at 44 and a half. Bears coming off that uh that win in Vegas against the Raiders where Justin Fields looked pretty good. That defense looked solid, and the Packers off probably one of the weirdest games we'll see all season against the Bengals, but there was five straight missed field goals um, with a couple to win it and a couple in overtime, too. I I don't have a very strong lean in this one, I'll be honest. I can very much see Aaron Rodgers and the Packers doing what Aaron Rodgers and the Packers always do to the Bears and just absolutely crushing their hopes and dreams at Soldier Field. But the Bears kind of look like a little bit of a different team with Bill Lazor calling the offense and, and Justin Field settling in. It could be, it could be a fun one, um, but I don't have a lean in this one.
1: I I hate to just do like a thirty second handicap. I think you hit it on the head, Ben, where Aaron Rodgers always plays very well in this game at Soldier Field and we've seen it for years living in Chicago as Bears fans and probably the reason I'm not as much of a Bears fan is because Aaron Rodgers has uh, caused so much pain to the Bears <laughs> and I don't I don't wanna <laughs> uh, object myself to that. I just rather bet on the NFL and root for the teams I bet on as opposed to just one hometown team. Um but yeah, I mean I, you mentioned Bill Lazor. The offense has been better than other Matt Nagy, which isn't saying much. And I think that's kind of going to be the interesting battle in this game because you know what you're going to get from the Packers' offense right now. And, and the Bears' defense may be playing a little bit better than they actually are just because they haven't played the best schedule of quarterbacks. Like, at home, they've played – uh, a mistake-prone Joe Burrow in Week 2, and then Jared Goff in Week 4, who made a lot of red zone mistakes of his own. And then last week, the Raiders, now we know we're probably not totally focused on that no. game with everything going on John Gruden. So, but when the Bears have the ball, I think that's going to be the question. Can they move the ball and run the ball on a Packers defense that isn't great at stopping the run in the first place, and now they lose cornerback Jair Alexander, so now there's maybe a, a chance the Bears will be able to pass on them. And that's why I think we saw a lot of money, professional money, come in on the Bengals last week because the Packers' defensive injuries have kind of piled up. So I think that's the biggest question in this game. I saw that the total did move from, I believe it was 46 to 44 and a half. maybe some wind on Sunday at Soldier Field, so some money has come in on the under in this game. We'll have to see where it goes from here. I, I think four and a half might be a little bit short, and the Packers are the only way I could I could personally look. But with their defensive injuries and how the line moved against them last week, I, I think you could wait out and maybe see if you can get a, a minus four on Green Bay.
0: Chargers at the Ravens. And I have called the Ravens the team of destiny on this very podcast, Nate. And seemingly I thought that was done on Monday night, and it was not. They came back and won. Um, after being down 25 to nine, 22 answer points for the Ravens, they are laying three points against the Chargers. Total is 52 and a half. And I know the Chargers have to go cross country to Baltimore and they play a, a noon game central time, which is a 10 a.m. game West Coast time for the Chargers. It's an early one for them. And so I can see why the Ravens are a favorite. So I don't know if I'm going to hit a side, Nate, but 52 and a half. I want to s- just hammer it the total, the over in this one. Yeah, I, I don't believe in either defense. I don't believe in the Ravens' defense. I don't believe in the Chargers' defense. But I do believe in Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert. And I think this is going to end up being a shootout of a game.
1: Yeah, this total's gotten bet up uh, as low yes. as 48-and-a-half I'm looking at, and now it's 52. So maybe, I do mean, I get why you like the, uh, the over. Not a great but number, it's also, but it's also, yeah, it's, nice. it's gone through some, uh, some key numbers. So, yeah. We'll see. Um, I, I kind of like the Chargers in this game. I don't think much separates these two teams and getting the too. full three. Um, I like because you don't give the full three points for home field advantage in the NFL anymore. I was hoping the Ravens would play better on Monday night in front of a national audience because I think we could have got three and a half on the Chargers, but they barely won. So it was kind of the, I wouldn't say the worst case because I don't mind the Ravens won, but not looking good and is now maybe not getting as much value. On the Chargers as I would have liked, but if I had to bet the game, and it might be something I use in contest, especially that since there's four teams on buy, so less games to choose from, uh, the Chargers plus three would be the only way I look.
0: Yeah, I I can definitely be convinced to take the Chargers, and I I just love how Justin Herbert and that offense plays, and and you know how much I like Brandon Staley and and how the how he coaches his team. So I think the Chargers are a lean. I hate teasing totals, Nate, and you could advise me on this, but because it's gone through a couple key numbers, what would you say about teasing the total here and going, taking the over from, what would it be? It'd be like 46 and a half, right? It would tease it down to 46 and a half and take the over in that one? I'll keep it simple. I never tease totals in
1: in football. Just the, the points aren't as valuable to move at six points. It's, when you move a, a point spread six points especially right. through key numbers it means a lot more than just teasing totals because points can happen in bunches very quickly and um, it's just a lot more variance with totals right. so definitely don't tease totals ever unless it's like the super bowl and, and you need to tease something with uh, the side you like or something and there's not going to be another game until september
0: all right Guess I won't do that then. <laughs> Cowboys, Patriots. Cowboys uh, laying four total is at fifty one. And uh I don't want to spoil a best bet that you have, so I know the side that you like, but this is an interesting spot. Patriots haven't looked great. Um they struggled against Houston for a bit, which I don't think a lot of people expected. Um the Cowboys only laying four on the road. What do you what do you what do you think about this one? And we can go into a little more detail towards the end, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll give out the best bet at the end, but I just will mention that the the Cowboys were a one-and-a-half point favorite on the look-ahead line, so when you're handicapping this game, you have to think, is it justified that now it's gone through the most important number in the NFL, three? And I'll give some other factors out of then the, the total has gone got bet up, which isn't a surprise because Dallas' offense has played so well. And the early weather report in Foxborough doesn't look as bad as some other places in the country, so... We saw that total forty nine and a half, something even some forty eight and a half. half uh, reopened uh yeah, reopened forty eight and a half and now we're up to fifty one. So the move on the over is looks like it's a, a real move that happened yesterday. Um now i will have to see what happens with the spread. Is it got as high as four and a half for the cowboys and now it seems like that was the resistance point and at one point we saw a three and a half, but now we're uh, we're back to uh cowboys minus four. So Let's, uh, let's wait and I probably gave a hint of who I like and how I handicapped that game, but make sure to, uh, read the, or listen to the end of the podcast for the, for the official best
0: bet on a Wednesday. All right. Situations of the week. What's the situation? Uh, we got a couple hangover games, got one sandwich game, hangover games. Lousy hangover. Pretty clearly Texas and Oklahoma both. And we went through that Texas game. Um, Oklahoma though. They are – I actually don't – I haven't seen that line recently. I don't know if you have an update on that line, but they play TCU this Saturday at home against TCU. I know they're the favorites, um, but this could be a a pretty decent hangover game, and and we all know TCU as underdogs play pretty well usually, so that could be a game to keep an eye on.
1: Yep, it's Oklahoma minus 13.5, so we'll have to see if that can get to 14. If TCU might be interesting, Uh, obviously – Oklahoma had a quarterback save the day, and and Caleb Williams replacing preseason Heisman favorite Spencer Rattler, so try to figure out, like, look and see who's going to be starting at quarterback, and maybe that will influence a bet. Uh, It does make sense, though, maybe to look towards the TCU side at plus 14, thinking Oklahoma, I mean, they had that miraculous win against Texas and, and fought their way back, but other than that, they haven't looked the greatest this season when it comes to covering numbers. And before the Red River, TCU did play Texas. They hosted Texas, and they stayed close with Texas. So Gary Patterson always thrives in the underdog role. Uh, can see maybe the same here, even though
0: it's in Norman. Texas A&M coming off a win against Alabama makes Texas A&M now ranked 21st in the country. They travel to Missouri. And they play the Mizzou Tigers. You're Mizzou Tigers, Nate. Um, that line is at eight and a half right now. It looks like 59 and a half is the total. I'm, uh, I'm all for betting the Mizzou line here. It just still seems a tad bit low. Yeah, I, I, I want to get it in double digits is basically what I'm getting at.
1: Exactly. I think it opened 10, and now we're at 8.5, and and I think that's all built into the the fact that Texas A&M is coming off a storm the field win against number one Alabama, like a truly historic win and for Jimbo Fisher, especially because they were coming off losses against Arkansas and Mississippi State, so it was totally unexpected. I don't think anyone saw that performance coming from Texas A&M's quarterback, Zach Calzada. The big issue with backing Mizzou is their defense, specifically their rush defense. It might be the worst in all of power five. And if their defense can't stop A&M's running, then Calzada might not have to be spectacular in what's going to be like, it's like the thing is everyone knows it's going to be a letdown spot at this point. It's not some sort of secret. So I think that's a little bit built into the number. I might just bet Missouri for the sake that I, if if they did play well or a and struggled, I want to be right about that because I do think A&M will have a letdown. I just also don't trust Missouri's defense enough in this game um, to cover a number, even a touchdown. So I think the double digits is a, is a good buy price on Missouri. and um, That's what you would need to comfortably bet on uh, fading Texas A&M in this game.
0: Finally, Iowa hangover game uh, post-Penn State. And uh, working hard to come back, even though Penn State loses Sean Clifford midway through that game. They play Purdue. Again, they're back at Kinnick Stadium, which is a very difficult place for any visiting team to play. Iowa laying 11, though. And this was at 11.5 to start the week, so it's been bet down with that hook. I really like Purdue in this spot. As long as it remains a double-digit spread, I might make Purdue a best bet if it stays around 11, 10 and a half by Friday. I like the Boilermakers here, and and I'm not saying Purdue's going to win, but I think they can cover a double-digit spread against an Iowa team that, frankly, probably should have lost against Penn State. If Sean Clifford had stayed in that game, I don't think Iowa wins it. Uh, Their offense is very troublesome, and I know they have a really good defense, but that offense, if you have an offense that can barely move the ball down the field and you're laying double-digit points again after a tough game, I'll, I'll take Purdue here.
1: Yeah, I was the other team that stormed the field after a big win, even though they were favorites in this case against Penn State. I thought they were pretty fortunate to win the game, and that's something we we talked about on Monday's show. Now it's a big number to cover with a game with a low total. I guess it helps that they're at home, but with Iowa, they just rely so much on turnovers, and maybe that'll work and continue for a little bit, but at some point it's not going to be sustainable and it could be this week and coming off a, a big win like that, a facing a Purdue team off a of bye with a coach I respect and Jeff Brom, I can see getting Purdue's best effort here. Cause I know that this game would really kind of, I know they played at Notre Dame earlier this season and they have Indiana later in the year, but this is probably a game now that they have fully circled and probably excited to play the number two team in the country. They probably weren't expecting that when the season began. So I I could see Iowa just trying to win the game, get out of there, and not put any style points. So Purdue, yeah, plus double digits makes a lot of sense. And this is like a more of a – I think more of a hangover, even though Iowa
0: gets to stay at home. Finally, a sandwich game. Sandwich. We have the Cincinnati Bengals. They play the Ravens next week. They played the Packers last week in in just a sloppy, tough game, as we mentioned, with those field goal misses. They play the Lions this week. At Detroit, Dan Campbell coming off a game where he started crying in the post-game press conference. I don't know how to even handicap that, Nate. I don't know how to handicap a head coach crying after a game. I don't know if that's going to motivate the Lions to be better or if they have just been shamed into being a really bad team this season. But they played the Bengals this week at home.
1: Yeah, I mean... I think that shows how demoralizing the Vikings also is for the Lions that you make Dan Campbell cry. And maybe it was just like a, a buildup of like the last few weeks for the Lions. Cause in week three, yeah. they lose on that 66 yard field goal. Uh, in week four, they were able to move the ball on the bears and then, you know, couldn't execute in the red zone and losing that. And they just have so many injuries, but tough spot, I think for the Bengals. they took sharp money all week, closed plus two against the Packers. So that was like a game, I guess they were expected to, not win because they you know they failed to cover the clothing spread by one point but i guess what happened last week was kind of expected with the Bengals playing the packers close and then they lose in overtime in a overtime where there were we saw two missed field goals so they played a lot in overtime and ended up losing and then they had the ravens next week so now i don't think it's the best spot to back the Bengals. just having that idea of zach taylor as a, as a road favorite, and you're not going to see that too often, at least in the NFL. Probably haven't seen it at all in his uh, short NFL coaching career. So I, I get why the Lions aren't uh, a very attractive side this week because of injuries and kind of their unluckiness, I guess. But at the same time, I'm in no rush to bet the Bengals. And
0: to be no. different
1: in contests, I might use the Lions at plus three and a half because I think that the Bengals might be a popular side.
0: Yeah, I, I can get on board with the Lions here. Hitting them while they're about as low as you can probably get a football team in this day and age. I don't think you're going to see many head coaches just start crying at their post-game press conference. And when you're talking about buy low, this is this is about as low as you can buy for the uh, Detroit Lions. Yeah, hopefully their injury report looks a little bit better because yeah. it just – I like every – they're not a, a
1: talented team to begin with, and like every talented player on their team has been hurt and is out – and I guess the issue might be that the the Lions pass rush won't be able to exploit the Bengals weakness, which is the Bengals offensive line. So um, if the Bengals can't block the Lions, that's a that's a big issue because everyone is able to uh, have the bat, win the battle in the line of scrimmage against Detroit this season.
0: All right, let's do the um, let's talk it out, Nee. Let's let's talk some stuff out. There's only one thing I want you fellas to do. What's, What's that? that? talk me out of it we have a couple bets you have a couple bets that you wanted to talk out i have a couple bets i wanted to talk out let's start with the browns why are you wanting to talk that out what side are you leaning towards
1: yeah i like the browns it's it's minus three now but i I hope that uh minus two and a half reappears especially because the the browns injury report might be a little bit murky going into this game but i'm not sure if it's going to matter because the the Area where they have a lot of the most injuries is that cornerback, and we're expecting bad weather in Cleveland, 20-mile-per-hour winds, potential rain, and that doesn't suit a dome team well who plays in Arizona at all, having to travel on the road for this game. And then when the Browns have the ball, the weather suits them nicely because they love running the ball anyway. Arizona does not have success stopping the run. So I think the matchup is good for the Browns. The weather's in favor of the Browns. The only concern is their cornerback injuries, which I think can be kind of hidden with what we're going to see um, as <laughs> this time of year. I always check the weather in Cleveland because uh, yes. we saw last year they had three like brutal weather games that kind of depressed their offensive stats and made their defense look really good, uh, even though it wasn't a great unit last year. Uh, so the Browns for me is where I'm looking. If it's two and a half, they'll definitely. End up being on the best bets. Uh, so hold off to Friday on that as I, I have a feeling I'll be on the Browns with a best bet if, if not just a regular ticket. And then the other part of this game where I like the Browns is, is the weather is kind of, uh, caused the total I think to drop in this game. We saw as high as fifty three and a half, and now we're sitting at forty nine and a half. So four points is pretty drastic, and I think a lot of that has to do with the predicted weather in Cleveland. As it gets cooler and windier and potentially rainier throughout the country after we've had some pretty nice weather around the uh the Midwest and Northeast.
0: Alright, so a game I wanted to talk out Minnesota plus three and a half. They play Nebraska. Minnesota is at home and Nebraska's coming off Tough loss to Michigan, where it looked like they may have had a chance to win that game. Michigan wins that one by three. I am leaning, Nate, towards Nebraska, or towards Minnesota plus three and a half. And I do think, and I told you this before the show, I think Minnesota has been underrated at home for a good time now. And I know that Bowling Green loss sits fresh in your mind. It sits fresh in everyone's mind. But I, I trust Minnesota at home, and, and I think pj fleck gets his team ready to play at home they're better than i think people expect They have a veteran offense i don't think they should be an underdog by three and a half points at home to a nebraska team that frankly hasn't shown me that they can have any confidence in winning games like this on the road so i i'm leaning towards making not only minnesota a bet but making it a best bet on friday
1: no, you're right about Nebraska struggling to win games, and we saw it last week where you have a lead in the fourth quarter against Michigan, and you just can't get any crucial stops. Um, I, yeah, I'm I'm still worried about that Bowling Green loss. Honestly, they were a 30-point favorite, and they lose straight up. And late in the game, P.J. Fleck like punted on like fourth and eight with like four minutes left, and they never get the ball back. So I just like can't shake that, honestly. And I, I would have liked this maybe a little bit more if Nebraska won, because you're kind of catching them off like a. I mean, they may have stormed the field if they beat Michigan, which would have probably yeah. been an embarrassment for, you know, a program of a rich history like Nebraska storming the field against, you know, another, you know, program of rich history, but teams like Nebraska should win games at home if this was the, uh, the 1990s. Um, so anyway, I, I don't know. I, 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 I get what you mean about Minnesota and fading Nebraska, but Minnesota's off the bye, but I just don't really like not, – not, I don't like P.J. Fleck. I just don't like their offensive style, and that's what's going to keep me off that game.
0: And this is also more of a numbers play, too, for me, Nate, where if Minnesota's favorite, I'm not taking them. But I like that they're an underdog with the three and the hook. I like that. I like that number for Minnesota. I think they can – very easily cover that um, because I think they can, they have a shot to win. I think this game is more closer to a pick 'em than it is to to three and a half at this point. Um, you have a couple more Indiana, yeah.
1: So I'll just run them down quickly. Indiana plus four and a half. I think that Michigan State might be a little bit overrated at this point. I mean, we were making a case for for Rutgers plus six against Michigan State last week, and I, I don't think Indiana is worse than Rutgers. I think Rutgers or Indiana, kind of is now at the point where you could buy low on them, and Michigan State sell high. Uh, Michigan State is going into a bye week, and then they play Michigan the week after, so I could see a little bit of loss of focus um, from the Spartans in this game, now that they're ranked in the top ten, even though uh, I don't think they're honestly that good. Um, Alabama, that's a given. I think it's 17-and-a-half against Mississippi State. We had talked about that a little bit on Monday's show, so I don't think we have to go too far. And then the Pac-12, not a conference I love betting, but some short uh, numbers here. Stanford plus one against Washington State. Uh, I know Washington State has two upset wins the last two weeks against California and Oregon State. I just don't really think they're that good, though. And Stanford is a kind of a new, improved team with uh, the quarterback McKee. And then I like Utah plus one. They're hosting Arizona State. Utah with a big win at USC last week. They come back home. I know that that's a very tough place to play. A loud, a large crowd, a loud, sorry, a large crowd, crowd and a loud crowd at Rice-Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake City. And Arizona State traveling to elevation. I can see Utah knocking off ASU in the late night Pac-12 game.
0: Yeah, I like that Utah play. That was another thing. I mean, we talked about the ACC where no one should be uh, a favorite, really. You should always just kind yeah. of bet the underdog. And Utah at home as the underdog? Right. Sign me up. I know, Sign me up. I know,
1: I know they've had a rough fe- season on the field and off the field, but I think this yeah. could be a spot where they kind of rally around. And, I mean, the Pac-12 South still wide open. I know that they probably had pretty big goals before the season, but there's still the goal of – winning the conference and winning this game against Arizona State would go a long way into that because their losses this season have been surprising uh, non-conference losses.
0: Speaking of also the Pac-12, in fact, speaking of the Pac-12 South, UCLA, the final bet that I wanted to talk out. And we have been all over UCLA on this podcast, Nate, since the very beginning, since we had that first game win That they got for us. They are plus one and a half. And this is a team that's playing on the road against Washington as an underdog. Not a a huge underdog, but an underdog nonetheless. You can get them right now at plus money on the money line. Plus 105. Tell me why I shouldn't take UCLA. Because I want to take UCLA. I want to take them with the points. I want to take them on the money line. I think this is a game they should win. Washington, I know. They've been more impressive as the weeks have gone on. But they are still a Washington team that I think is, is very capable of being beaten by Chip Kelly and UCLA.
1: Yeah, I mean I can't talk you out of it. Obviously Washington's at a really rough start of the year. UCLA has come back to earth as after I think they were as ranked they were ranked somewhere in the top fifteen. Now they're unranked and they have Oregon next week, so maybe that's the case that they have a bigger home game next week yeah. against a, a pack the best Pac 12 team um, by far this season. But I, yeah, honestly, I'm a little surprised they're underdogs, but because they're underdogs, maybe I'm missing something, whether it's an injury or just UCLA was always overrated, um, especially they got a lot of credit for that win against an LSU team that is uh, really falling apart. And now we're a double digit home favorite to Florida, who's not the best SCC team. So or am sorry, a home underdog LSU is this week. So um I guess maybe it's just all those factors and just the pure numbers say that this would, this is what it should be. Um, so that's why I would be careful, I guess. That's what I'll say.
0: Yeah, maybe a small unit play on their money line would be the move. All right, before you finish everything off, before you give your best bet, a little Thursday night football preview for everyone as the Buccaneers travel to Philly to play the Eagles. They're laying six and a half is Tom Brady um, on the road. That total is at 52 and a half. I have not been impressed with the Eagles all season long, Nate. I just, their, their offense has been cringeworthy at times. I'm not 100% sure what Nick Sirianni has been doing half the time with that team. It has been a lot of head scratchers for me watching the Eagles. Um, and I know the Buccaneers. It, it, it's hard to bet against them, you know? It's just, it's, you look at that team, you look at how well Tom Brady has been playing, uh, and it's hard to bet against them, even on the road with a pretty large spread for a road team. I would always lean towards the Bucks in a game like this, especially against an Eagles team, which again, just has not done anything to make me want to put money on them.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be really square this week in, in terms of this game and just tease the, uh, the Buccaneers and, and Washington or the Chiefs who are playing the Washington football team. So just asking the Bucks to win this game, thought that Philadelphia was pretty lucky, and that was actually a bet I won last week on the Eagles plus three, at close two and a close two-and-a-half at Carolina. But watching that game, the Eagles definitely were fortunate. They benefited from a blocked yeah. punt, Sam Darnold turning over the ball, and I don't think Tampa Bay is going to make those kind of mistakes. And I know the Bucks' weakness is their secondary, but I just don't think Jalen Hurts has that sort of passing style to exploit the weakness in the Bucks. Uh, defense and if there's offensive line issues then Tampa Bay is probably gonna be pressuring him. So I uh, like the advantages for on both sides of the ball for the Buccaneers when Tom Brady is under center but also the Bucks defense and I think think it's very likely that they end up winning this game. So I'll I'll tease the Bucks um I know there's I've heard some stuff where people like the Bucks at minus six and a half and then like the Eagles at plus seven. I really don't know what to do. So the teaser is the way I'll approach this one on Thursday night.
0: Yeah, I, I think a teaser is the right move here, especially with the Chiefs against that the Washington football team. You'd imagine after a game that they had on Monday Night Football, the Chiefs are probably going to win. Um, they 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 are seemingly too good to to lose that back to back games like that, but. I don't know, Mahomes didn't look great, but that's that's a more discussion that we will have on Friday. And because Nate, you have your best bet you wanted to give out an early one, a Wednesday best bet, to end the show. Yep. Yeah, Patriots plus four against the Dallas Cowboys. This
1: feels games this game feels a lot like what we saw against the Buccaneers two weeks ago when the Patriots were plus seven at one point at home. I just think just like that line, this line is a little bit inflated. The Cowboys are coming off Three straight home games, so they're on the road for the first time since Week 2, and the Dallas offense and Dak Prescott historically plays better at home than on the road. So think that they have a little bit of regression on the road, even though the offense is playing really well. And if you look at some of those spreads in recent games, most notably the most recent one for Dallas, the Cowboys closes a seven-point favor against the Giants. If you flipped home field in this game and it was in Dallas instead of New England, that would indicate with two points of home field, that the Cowboys would be an eight-point favorite in this game. And I think everyone would agree that the Patriots are a better team than the Giants. So I think you're getting a lot of inflation here. And also they're getting a a line where it's at because the Patriots look so poor last week against the Texans, but we expected them to play bad because it was the game off the tough Patriots loss or tough Buccaneers loss when they lost to Tom Brady. So really like the Patriots here, plus four. Going to make that the best bet for the week, fading Dallas on the road, fading Mike McCarthy as a road favorite against Bill Belichick. Just a lot
0: of things going into this. Why I like New England. Nate, I commend you for the pick. I don't know if I – I don't think I can pick against you. I just don't know if I can ride the Patriots train at this point from what I saw. You made good arguments, and and I think the Patriots at home against a, a team that's been hot recently, I think you're getting them at a good price for sure at this plus four. It's just, it's tough for me to bet against the Cowboys at this point. But listen, I think uh, most of America is going to be on the Cowboys because people love betting the Cowboys. So again, you're getting Patriots at a good number. You're getting them at a good time where a lot of people are going to be fading them and and counting them out. So it's hard to count Bill Belichick out in situations like this. I just, I I don't know. I I don't have the guts that you do to to go against the, the Cowboys at this point in time
1: i understand that it's not an easy bet to make with how the cowboys have played but it's a it's a different team outside of at&t stadium at least in recent history
0: yeah that's true that's that's very true playing in playing in new england's a, a whole different animal than playing in jerry world but i think that'll do it we'll have all of our best bets on friday it's going to be picks friday yet again the fun most fun day of the week that we have we're going to give out all of our picks for the weekend i think we're uh We're seeing the board pretty clearly, so it should be a good show with a lot of good picks. But until then, good luck on Thursday Night Football, and we will see you back here on Friday.